0: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman and today we are breaking down the new, newly announced PGA Tour schedule. I think we might be on schedule version 2 or 3 at this point, but (laughs) we've got a little bit of optimism and we've got the entire squad here to break it down. So let's start with Kyle Porter. Uh, Hey Kyle, what version is this? This is 2 or 3.
1: We've talked about uh, major winners and PJ Tour schedules, like just alternating episodes for the last two months is is what it feels like.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, this is a pretty big one. So we'll also bring in uh, Mark Immelman. So Mark, this is a pretty significant one because uh, this looks like an absolute jam-packed schedule that we will dive deeper into, but it's nice to have hope. It's nice to have some dates on the calendar, right?
2: Absolutely, I, Rick. I think you nailed it with the word hope. You know, for the longest time, everyone was just wondering, and 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 indecision and unsurety sort of reigned supreme. But now there's some. It was the worst kept secret for a while. This uh, this proposed schedule, yeah. and everyone was talking about it. But it became official today, and 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 everyone now is sort of looking forward to, you know, June certainly, but also making sure we can get by this whole Corona thing so we can indeed go ahead
0: absolutely and uh, also bring in greg ducharme greg if the off season for golf was too long for you uh you will not have that issue anymore i don't think because it looks like uh from the tour champion for tour championship the next week is the safeway open we are playing golf like every week for the rest of the year
3: absolutely uh well i think your off season is right now you kind of had an unplanned <laughs> yeah. off season right in the middle so i'll tell you what uh the the 20 20- 2020 and 2021 season, that wraparound season, that's going to be a long one. So we get a shorty this year and a, and, and a real long one next year. Yeah. Uh,
0: So let's jump into this. Uh, Mark, you kind of alluded to this being the worst kept secret. There were reports of this earlier (laughs) in the week, uh, getting official word from the PGA Tour uh, now just this morning as we're as we're recording this. Uh, And it looks as if the tour is set to return or at least uh, has marked this date of June 8th, which is the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. So we are what
2: about Six weeks away from that. Is that all? Yeah Um, Light at the end of the tunnel. I mean (laughs) at one stage we didn't know whether we were gonna go Um, Yeah, it's all very exciting June 11 Charles Schwab challenge at a great golf course in colonial It's it's been one of the mainstays on the tour It's 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 moved sponsors around the show but with Charles Schwab becoming the title sponsor last year and with them being so influential on the Champions Tour, you figured that the PGA Tour were going to look after one of their major sponsors in Charles Schwab. So good to see the event back. But for me, the big deal is, is, is the statement by Tyler Dennis, where he goes, well, the Tour is just looking into learning about testing right now. And first and foremost testing is the most critical thing because of the health and safety of the players first and foremost. And then the folks working the events is still the tourist main aim. So everybody's holding thumbs. There are There is this new schedule released, but obviously there's this little black cloud, maybe in the corner of the blue skies going, we've got to figure out the management of this whole thing, because if we don't, then obviously uh, everything will get, it'll, it'll all be put paid to.
0: Yeah, and as we've said, probably it's probably the word of the year at this point. But the situation is fluid, <laughs> uh, I imagine, which is what we've been going back and forth with. Uh, Kyle, the no fans for the first four events back—that's kind of official, as long as everything kind of stays here on this new schedule. I personally think it's going to be much longer than that. So this is kind of a, a two-part, a two-part question here. How weird will it be and what will this look like with no fans out there on the course? And also, how about this? If you want to cut uh, you know, cut the number of people out there in half, make these guys carry their own bag. How much fun would that be? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, yeah. that is, that's phenomenal.
2: Real quick, what does <laughs> uh, holding thumbs mean, Mark? Holding thumbs. That means I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and I'm holding out hope okay trevor said
1: mm-hmm. that a couple of times last week on on the pod and i i didn't you didn't, didn't know what it, it
2: you you don't do that you're in the united states holding thumbs like this yeah you hold your thumbs and and, and you just i think it's crossing hopeful. our
0: fingers crossing our fingers
2: yeah so hold let's, hold thumbs, <laughs> cross your fingers, cross whatever you can. Let's some get some golfing in June, please. <laughs> if you want to hold something else, Kyle, go right ahead, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Let's let's not go right ahead. But I will go ahead and answer and answer the question. Um it, it's gonna be weird, but I you know, I think I was thinking about this, Rick. At this point, you're kind of in a position with all sports where it's like, I would watch like anything. I would watch two on two in the WNBA if that's what if that's what we want to roll out there like I I mean I I don't think that you know I I think the places where it's going to be weird because look like here's the reality at the majority of these tournaments when you have Brian Harmon and you know Scott Stallings I always say Scott Stallings you do that's your go-to guy I'm trying to come up with a random guy (laughs) Uh, playing on a Sunday Silverman. At,
2: at like
1: <laughs> at like a, at like ten thirty a.m. There ain't a lot of people out there anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just that's the reality of it. So I sure. I just I don't think you're gonna notice it uh, at the end of a tournament. You're gonna notice it at a major championship. I go back to the Ryder Cup thing. I, I I just don't think you can have a Ryder Cup if you don't have fans. And and maybe we will at that point. I'm kind of dubious about that. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the, I don't think there will be a huge impact in terms of the way we view some of these tournaments, uh, just by, by not having fans, you'll notice it here and there, but I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, honestly.
0: It is funny. You mention the fact that uh, like for 90% of these guys, for most of their rounds, they might not even notice a difference with, with no yeah. fans out there. I mean, I've walked with some of these groups on Thursday mornings and I'm the only guy out there. It's, it's, Kind of what happens, but yeah, it'll be weird for the for the trophy ceremony, um, <laughs> with no who does that? The members come out and just clap for him. I don't know how that works. Um,
2: <laughs> well, that's like the corn ferry tour. Actually, no, I didn't say that, did I, <laughs> uh,
0: Greg? So we are trending. If this schedule holds, and again, fluid situation, and with all the other sports, this is kind of setting up where golf might have the stage. It might be the showcase sport. It might be the only thing going on. So while that's awesome, um, does the PGA Tour have to get this right? Like if you're going to be the only show in town and everyone's going to be watching you, you really have to get this right, I think.
3: Man, there's a lot of pressure in that. I think the having having fans or no fans is one thing. You just have to make sure that nobody gets sick. That's your That's your key because it's a big risk. It, there's opportunity in it. Of course, and and everybody wants to see it. And being the only stage in town is a um, is a, is a is a great thing. It's a a very big positive. Although, if somebody gets sick, it turns into a negative very quickly. If if there's a second wave to the to the virus, there's a disease quickly. So I trust that they'll be doing all the processing. There are people going through sleepless nights right now trying to figure out how all this can work. Those people are all much smarter than me, so I'm confident that. I don't believe that they would go out there and do this if they didn't feel confident that it was safe. So that's, that's the biggest step. Uh, Next, like Kyle said, I I don't think it's a big deal that there's not a lot of fans because I think people are going to watch anything. It may be strange, but you know, it does also lend a little opportunity to hear the players a little bit more. If you watch some other golf tournaments, if you're up in the middle of the night watching some smaller European tour events and there's not a lot of people out there, you hear a little bit more of, Uh, of the players you can just the the audio captures more players you know cheering celebrating saying yeah you you get a sense of it or or maybe you're watching um, some of the PGA of America events like the PNC you watch that you hear a guy make a putt you hear a reaction out of him so it'll be a little bit unique in that sense which uh, I, I look forward to but again we're at this stage now we will watch anything Fans there or not, it does not
0: matter to me. What's What's the weirdest thing you've watched so far, Greg? Because I was watching a horse contest uh, where a WNBA <laughs> player was shooting from her driveway and Chris Paul was at some random court somewhere and they were playing horse against one another. That's about as random as it gets, I think.
3: That is I- extremely random. I haven't <laughs> gone that far. I've, wa- I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank. I've watched a lot of American Idol. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know if you guys are into that. I never was until until recently so that's a that's a new one for me too so i've added some shows like that to my list
0: the pga tour mark seems pretty cognizant around the tournaments that are going to be lost the opportunity for a lot of these players that are going to be lost and they are going to increase the field sizes in some of these invitationals to 144 players to try to create more playing opportunities for these guys Tell me how important it is for the non, you know, top 20 players in the world or whatever it is that there is as many opportunities as possible this year.
2: Well, it's hugely important because obviously you've got all of these grandiose prizes at the end of the journey here. There's still the FedEx Cup to play for and those huge bonuses. And and if you're not a blue chip guy who can get into all the World Golf Championships events and and these invitationals, you 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 are, you are at odds to you you got the odds stacked against you. Given that there are now fewer events left on the schedule, so I think it was an extremely um, smart, savvy move by the tour to, to open that up. And that being said, I feel like those events, you know, whereas they had the allure just to get into them from a player's point of view, from the fans' point of view, now they're bigger fields. So there's more storylines. And so someone like a Kyle, I'm sure there'd be some awesome story, you know, storylines that he can put together when you you might have a, a number one player in the world going against a number hundred and whatever, who's, who's now got a chance to have a big finish and, and, and vault into the Wyndham rewards in the postseason and all those sort of things. So, so smart move by the tour, but, you know, honestly being true to who they are and and, and they are membership organization. So this was a move by the executive and the players um, council to, to look after their membership. So I think, you know, the, the, the prudent move, but a move that was likely to happen in my opinion. Yeah,
0: certainly so. And uh, Kyle, I kind of alluded to some of the, the casualties that we'll have this season, Canadian Open out, Barbersall Championship out. I think I saw the Greenbrier has been Greenbrier let out of out, its yeah. contract, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's that's for multiple years moving forward, ever since they moved to the beginning of the of the uh, tour season. Um, so we are going to have some casualties out of this, and then the Dominican Republic event, um, you know, it will now be opposite of the Ryder Cup, which I actually think is probably good for that event because instead of being opposite of – what was it opposite of last year? The, ma- the-, the match play the match play, um, you know, instead of losing the top 64 players in the world who are definitely not going to play in your event, you're losing like the top 24, whoever's playing in the Ryder cup. Right. So we'll see, we should see uh, different players at some of these different events for next year.
1: Yeah. You know, it's going to be really interesting. I know we're going to get into, I really, are we getting into like the, I guess we are kind of getting into it. So here's my take (laughs) on the kind of post tour championship stuff I was thinking about this today i know you can't do this but i'm going to propose it anyway okay
2: commissioner, play, you became the commissioner you can
1: play the us open and the ryder cup both at Wingfoot. wow okay why well, you've already got every, you've you've already got every you've already got everybody there and yeah. so I, I just think it would be – I mean, you got two weeks. Every, it's like it would be kind of that – well, it's a, I'm not going to use that term. It would be like the center of uh, everything within the golf world for, for two weeks. And But you, how about
2: you, the nice folks in Wisconsin who are looking to have Steve Stricker and his American team back there?
1: Look, I'm the commissioner. You just do uh, me that's the that's commissioner. I can do whatever I'll I want. I'll stay too much power. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, I, the whole thing, like I, I just – and I want to talk about like how it affects Tiger later on, but there's going yeah. to be so many guys that are playing events that you're like, wait a second, Rory's playing where? Maybe not Rory, but like a bunch of guys that because you've, like I mean, the whole thing has just been shaken up so much that you're going to have if it all happens, which again, I remain unbelievably dubious that we're going to actually have golf in 50 days. That seems while well, I'm glad there's hope. It seems unbelievably optimistic that that would happen. Um, I I am really intrigued because we're going to turn on John Deere and it's going to be like, hey, John Rahm is leading, you know, <laughs> and you're like, what? Wait a second. Like, I thought I thought Colin Morikawa was going to win and celebrate at Chili's afterwards. What are we doing <laughs> here? You know. So uh, it, it's it's going to be really intriguing to see kind of how guys reconfigure their schedules based uh, based on the new slate. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Greg, we were actually talking about this before we hit the record button and we'll talk about how this affects tiger on the other side, but the scheduling, uh, we talk so often about these guys being, um, you know, creatures of habit, making sure their schedule is in order. You're talking about a, a 1920 season that if it comes back on this schedule will be a sprint to the finish line. And then you're going to turn right around and have a bunch of events for the fall portion of next season. Like uh, Trying to figure out a player's schedule is going to be incredibly difficult, and where they're going to play. What are your thoughts on how the guys might end up handling this? I'm
3: very, very interested to see. Uh, I think the first couple of events, the Charles Schwab Challenge, RBC Heritage, the Travelers. I think the Travelers will be a big, a big hit with a lot of the players. Yeah. Um. You get in those in those first four fanless events. I, I'll be very interested to see how many play after that. Once we get into kind of the PGA championship window or even the FedEx St. Jude invitational window, I guess actually that backing up even another week, that starts really with the Memorial June 13th to the 19th from that period, basically until, uh, in, until masters, I guess you could say, or we'll, we'll say tour championship us open Ryder cup, that window, there's a ton of big events. And I wonder if you're going to see the the big names really play uh, additional events. Here's the thing: you you've just had a number of weeks off. You've had a long off season that was unplanned, and it's not. You're going to come back fresh. But if you play four weeks in a row, it's still four weeks in a row. You can't save that energy. Well, I took two months off earlier during coronavirus, so now I'll be fresh for an additional two months where I, where I can just play like crazy. You, you can't really do that. So I'll be very interested to see, I, again, I think the first month you'll see some big names playing in some smaller events that you typically wouldn't see just because they want to get their feet back into the water. But once we get into the, uh, the heavy hitters here, I think the guys are going to be taken off any week they can.
1: I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. I, I think trialers championship is the big winner. Like if we're just yep. talking like within Look, I mean, I get it. Like, there's a lot more going on, but if we're if we if we're insulating this to like just what's going on in the PGA Tour, I think Travelers Championship because it's a very easy. If you're starting to pull big events out, it's a very easy step to go Travelers Memorial, and then if you want to go WGC Memphis and then PGA back to back, you can. If you want to skip Memphis and just go PGA you can do that as well. But I I think we could see an unbelievable field at the Travers Championship, not just because it's of where it is on the schedule, but guys have already, I mean, guys like Rory and, and Bubba and big names have have played there in the past and and obviously enjoy it. So that's a that's a really easy for me re-entry point for a lot of the stars.
2: Yeah, uh, That's a good point you bring up there, but to that, I've not seen anything about FedEx Cup points changing. Yeah, I know I go about on about the currency, but the World <laughs> Golf Championships event is 550 points for a victory, the majors are 600. So I, I look through the schedule yeah, and I sort of see first three play then I think July 4th weekend, Rocket Mortgage will be a bit of a casualty, sadly, because it's such a great event with a good sponsor. Maybe John Deere off too. And then you go Memorial, um, the WGC, and then you get into the postseason and, and, the, and the majors and such. So I think, you know, in, in the lead up to the playoffs, there'll still be guys cognizant of um, – of the points and such, because there is the Wyndham rewards there's, there's that huge bonus pull that's on offer to the top 10 players for the regular season points accumulation. And then of course there's the playoffs. And if you haven't got enough points, you don't make it into the playoffs. So I think scheduling will be, it'll be something where guys are going to have to sit down with their crew and and the team, whatever you want to call them and, and get really smart about what they're doing over the next few weeks.
3: I mean, how how many weeks can you play in a row is really the question. The Memorial, an elevated event, World Golf Championships, a major, and then you so so you have three weeks in a row. Take a week off, and then you go basically four weeks in a row uh, with Wingfoot. Four events you're not going to miss, right? You you have the three playoff events, uh, and and the U.S. Open. Do you want the U.S. Open to be your fourth event in a row? So I think you're going to really see how much the players value. The Tour Championship, what they value the FedEx Cup versus what they value majors. I, I think you're really going to get a, a good look at that this year.
1: I think the question is not how many events in a row you can play, but how many events will Jay not play because mm. it's going to be like two. Weeks. <laughs> he's going to skip like two weeks. Sungjae's licking his chops. I don't
3: think he, he's going to skip one week. He can't <laughs>
1: play the Ryder Cup. I, I, I could, he could. He'll get, he'll end up in uh, yeah in he, the
3: play the Outlaw Tour. He's got a place to play. Yeah, no, doesn't he have a uh,
2: isn't, isn't he, he applying the, uh, for a Slovenian? Isn't he applying for a Slovenian passport <laughs> alongside Rory uh, Sabatini? No, he'll uh, he'll play the, the Punta Cana.
3: Right, so he'll, he'll play Punta Cana. Yeah,
2: yeah, he will play that week. They can get, play every they,
3: week. They got Songjay covered. Yeah, it'll be sick. All of it.
0: Uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, we're going to dive deeper into this on the other side, ask the million dollar questions. But first, we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. All right. Uh, We are into this, 20
0: minutes into this. We haven't said his name. I guess maybe we did say his name, but this is the million-dollar question. Let's – Greg's smiling. Greg wants this one. Greg, you get the million-dollar question. When do we see Tiger Woods? Um,
3: When do we see Tiger Woods? man. I was memorial. actually smiling for a different reason because oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just had a thought of another question that I want to ask you. But I will, I will dive into this. I'm happy that, uh, that, that you asked me. I, I don't think Tiger values WGCs the same way that everybody else does. I don't think he values FedEx Cup points the same way everybody else does. I think the memorial is the first place you see Tiger. Uh, actually, we probably see him at Travelers. I think Tiger committed to Travelers before all this happened. So I would say Travelers or Memorial would be my first two. I don't think, I don't think uh, TPC Southwind is the first place we'll see it.
0: Did he, did he commit to the Travelers? He, that would have been an early commit, right? It was yeah, an early
3: commit. I think it was on his list. I'll look it up. I'll, I'll look into this a little bit more.
1: So I just wrote this for cbssports.com. Check it out. Um, so I went – so I had him in seven for-sures and four maybes. So I'll go in order. Travelers, maybe. Memorial, yes. Uh, St. Jude, maybe. PGA, yes. BMW, yes. And then Tour Championship I had as a maybe because I don't think he's going to place an emphasis on qualifying. I don't think he cares if he, qualif- if he qualifies for the Tour Championship. Is he going to play to get in? Sure. But, like, whatever happens, happens. So I've got, I've got Tour Championship as a maybe. Uh, U.S. Open, yes. Ryder Cup, yes. Zozo, yes. Defending champ. And then masters is a yes, so I think I think seven max with four maybes. I you could throw the tour championship in there as eight. I just I
0: don't know. I I could even see him playing like five times. Yeah, you know, when's I, the last time he's like teed it up like twice in a row or whatever, right? I mean, he he almost yeah. may be better off missing the tour championship and just playing and then just playing the U.S. Open. It's he's in such a bad spot with the with the FedEx Cup
1: with with this stuff because you know as the PGA tour. You want to showcase that it's a big deal, and Tiger like sort of cares about it, but not at the expense of the PGA Championship, the Ryder Cup, and the U.S. Open. And so I think even more than usual, he's in a weird spot with some of that stuff, to where it's like, I honestly think he would just bail on the on the FedEx altogether if it wasn't so important to the PGA Tour. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But I could I could see him just kind of sitting it down for the for the FedEx and moving on to the U.S. Open.
2: Well, remember that he had sort of intimated, um, it might have been at the Genesis, that the new normal for him was going to be sort of in the 12 event per year kind of a number. And so as you look through what he's done this year, he's played Farmers, you with the top 10 there. He finished way down the field in his event, the Genesis Invitational. So that's two. I mean, and as you're proposing, that's probably, if he does seven or eight, that's kind of close to his number. So I think it's there. I, I Just for me as a competitor, you've been off for so long because he was off since the Genesis, you've got this imposed layoff and then the Torah gets after it for the first few events. Um, he will show his cards if he doesn't play the first couple of weeks and waits for travelers for argument's sex. Cause, cause, cause if he, I, I have a feeling he may show for an early one, just to get some, some running time, if you will, and then work the schedule from there. And it's kind of how Greg figured out because what what's the most we've seen woods in one stretch of golf, what three weeks? And you don't see that very often.
1: I, I, here's what I hope he does. I hope he goes RBC Heritage, just shows up. Then, then uh, John Deere. And then he plays Barracuda to, to get ready for the PGA. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes Wyndham and skips the FedEx cut. It would be uh, sick to see him at all these places. Where you see him. How, many fair,
0: all- how many fairways would he hit at Harbortown?
2: Oh, oh, it'd be, it'd be incredible. <laughs> he'd, he'd be hitting four hands off every tee there. I mean, it's That's the same true. thing with, with Colonial and with Harbortown. You know, it's I, I'd have to look through his, you know, the the career on tour. I'm sure he's played there a little bit because they're both, you know, well-respected events. And for me, it's, yeah. again, just the health of the man where he feels like and, and how much he's itching for competition because there's no doubt as you've watched him of late with the victories and such, he is relished being in contention and, and he's, he's, he's relished mixing it up with the youngsters. So I'm sure he, you know, now that he's said his body feels as good as it's ever been, I'm sure he's itching to go.
1: So he played, this is like a quick control F trying to find this stuff, but he played, uh, he played Colonial in 97. It was his second tournament back after the Masters. So he wins the Masters in 97. Not sure if you guys knew about that. Uh, and then he... <laughs>
0: Never heard that
1: one. <laughs> and then he, he wins the Byron Nelson in his next start. And then he goes T4 at Colonial. I don't know if he's played... Uh, I'm trying to think of all the things that the South RBC Carolina. Heritage has been called. But I I, don't, I, don't, I can't find it on here.
2: Well, it's always been after the Masters and he's won that thing so often. He'd probably take the week off thereafter. So I don't think the low country has ever seen him.
1: Oh, was it was it the MCI Classic at one point?
2: Yeah. So he hey, played uh, it in ninety nine. Well, remember when he showed up in Greensboro a few years ago for the Wyndham Championship? And they had to print more tickets, and the place just went bananas. I mean, they—they they, Greensboro couldn't handle Tiger Woods coming in there. So I'm with <laughs> you. I mean, if he had to show up at one of these smaller market events like John Deere, man, that place would just—they—they they, they might stop uh, the economy for a little while just because Woods is in town.
0: He'll have so to go somewhere with no fans, or he'll break the infrastructure of where, whatever town he's in.
1: <laughs> I just—I just I sent just you guys a text of him playing. Um, Riviera uh, Riviera last year with on a Sunday morning before they let fans in and it is, you were talking earlier Rick about like what's the no fans thing going to be like that's going to be the most bizarre thing is if he plays in an event with no fans because it looks like I took the screenshot it uh, it was on PGA Tour Live it looked like a video game because you've got tiger in the middle of the fairway on 18 at Riviera with zero other humans out there and it it looks it's so eerie, and it looks like you're playing Tiger Woods 2005 on your on your Xbox. Yeah, in non tournament <laughs> mode,
3: right? Right. Just, just playing a practice round. <laughs> practice <laughs> round. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it will be it will be quite strange with Tiger playing somewhere. But uh, again, I, I just don't think he's going to be in a rush. I think he's looking at this at this run towards the end of the year, and I think Tiger's going to be uh, quite patient. Unfortunately for all of us. So again, I'll, I'll reiterate. Travelers, I couldn't find an article on it. I I swear I've seen it earlier. You dreamt it up. Maybe I dreamt it. It it very well could have happened, but I'm pretty sure he was at one point at least interested. Maybe it was just something you know Kyle uh, was hypothesizing about. But
1: (laughs) probably
0: uh,
3: Memorial, I think, makes sense for his for his first stop back.
0: That might have been a press release I simulated, Greg, and now I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mark, you actually mentioned uh, the FedEx Cup points, which I think mm-hmm. is obviously interesting, right? That's that's what every player is out there for, as we know. And you know the the twenty next season is going to be like FedEx Cup points on steroids. There's going to be six majors. Next season, and I'm saying season, so that I'm clear here, and so many points up for grabs because we're we're jumping right into it. There's a lot of big events. I imagine, like what we know about the FedEx Cup, is going to look so much different next year and this year as well. I, I'm excited for the six majors in in one crack.
2: Oh, it's it's going to be <laughs> obscene. I mean, if you think about as a just a fan of sports, I was talking with someone the other day saying, you know, fall golf has grown on the PGA Tour in. Popularity certainly, and and it's grown um, in notoriety with the lock players in the locker room because uh, folks have suddenly seen guys like Jae Im, for argument's sake, jump out to a quick, you know, a few hundred points, and and that's just hard to spot a guy if you're one of the blue chip guys who used to show up in the Florida swing. It's yeah. hard to spot someone that many points. And McElroy said as much last year, en route to his FedEx Cup win, where he showed up in Hawaii uh, for the first time. So. You know the guys. The guys are aware of it. The guys are aware of the bonuses, and and realize this too. A, a lot of the contracts that are built in. This is off the course stuff. You know there are there are clauses like Ryder Cup appearances, and there are clauses like major championship wins, World Golf Championship wins, the big television um, you know deals. And if you're showing up there, there are bonuses built in from sponsorship deals. So because of that, you know you, you can't discount tour championships and such. And then. You know th- those are for the important guys, and then well, when I say important loosely, obviously. Wow um, and, and then and then um, you know if you make it to the Tour championship, the top thirty, that gets you into all of the Invitationals and all the majors and all that sort of stuff too. So there is a lot beyond FedEx Cup points that are on the line to make it to these final events on the PGA Tour schedule. so 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 I think they're not going to diminish in importance very much here as we near the end of this season. But from the fall into the the following season's wraparound, it's going to be nuts, and scheduling is going to be even more challenging for 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 the blue chip guys and 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 for the international guys who who may keep a home over in the United Kingdom or or, or in Europe somewhere, like a Francesco Molinari.
0: Yeah, I think so, Kyle. I think Mark nailed it about like the the blue chip guys that are normally waiting to start their to start their season until yeah maybe it's the Florida swing maybe it's a little bit earlier than that maybe it's Torrey Pines by the by by just the way the schedule is set up they will be off and running you know at least week number two there's a WGC early in this there's a lot of big events like I don't think next year next season we're going to have like Sebastian Munoz and Lanto Griffin leading the FedEx cup points for the first <laughs> 10 weeks or whatever it usually is. Well,
1: no, you're, you're not. And this goes back to my deal about, I think I said this in the last pod we were on. If you get hot for four months, you're going to win like three majors, yeah. you know, and, and, and you're, and it's going to be early. I mean, everybody's been, been kind of on the Twitter thing about like JT is going to win eight times between September and November <laughs> because that's when he, win that's when he wins all of his events. And you know, it might not be JT, but, it's going to be it's going to be somebody that's a huge name and you know it, i i don't know i don't know what effect that has on like next spring or next summer but it's definitely going to be like i think we're going to have to do even more clarifying than normal about like you know when we say season versus year cuz everybody like everybody's going to think like oh well this season being like 2020 but it's really going to be like the cutoff in between and then you flip it over to the next season. And that whole thing I think is going to be, it's going to be hard to explain because people are like, wait, there's two U S opens in this season, (laughs) which is weird to me. But yeah, I think, I think again, like you go back to who cares, at least there's sports, at least there's golf. And I think that's probably ultimately where everybody lands, but there's going to be some nuance within that.
0: Yeah. As if, um, as if season versus year wasn't difficult enough to explain, and the fall, the fall portion, and all that stuff, we've got to do it. It's even even worse this year.
1: Yeah, and you're well, like, good. what? Let me let me tell you, PGA of America runs the PGA Championship, not the PGA Tour. <laughs> they run the they run the the, <laughs>
2: the player shit. It, yeah, it's it's off the rails. Well, it was so confusing to start this wraparound season because the tour we're calling the 2019 fall events 2020 events. Yep. And I mean, it, it it got folks in the media center confused. I can imagine what the average pundits and the punters who are watching this stuff on TV are trying it, to. It doesn't
1: out. take much
0: to to get us wound up. In the media, so. <laughs> uh, Greg, so we we alluded to this a little bit earlier um, with the, the guys on the Corn Ferry tour, or potentially, you know, some of the international players, where they don't have their card locked up and and they they need a lot of these events to be able to bank FedEx cup points or be able to bank um you know the ability to keep to keep their card do you envision like do you think the tour makes any like one two year exemptions uh make any any drastic changes to this or is it just going to be hey sorry guys there, you know there might not have been enough events it it kind of stinks and and that's that
3: what what are your options i guess is my question i i don't, I don't know. really know if you have any other how how can you fairly determine who's going to go on and play the PGA tour the jump from corn ferry tour to PGA tour uh, with all the the benefits that PGA tour players get in comparison to corn ferry tour players it's so big i mean it's a huge jump it's a huge deal to get your PGA tour card and i mean at what point is it like it's one thing to award a a tour championship to award a FedEx cup in just 36 events but how many events does it take to to really validate somebody getting their card? Here's the other thing: if somebody's going to get their card from the Corn Ferry Tour. That means somebody from the PGA Tour is going to lose their card. And before we went on there, we're talking a little bit about uh, about Brooks Kepka and where he ranks in FedEx Cup points right now. Players didn't foresee this happening, so uh, I, I think it's difficult to take cards away from PGA Tour players who didn't have their fair shot at at uh, completing the season. And for that reason, unfortunately, the guys on Corn Ferry Tour are just they're they're just they're going to play Corn Ferry again next year.
1: I think the the interesting part here is what you do internationally, and this is something that Jeff Shackelford had today on his site. And there there was a uh, there was a teleconference with, I think Mark mentioned earlier, Tyler Dennis and and some people at the PGA Tour. And the question was about like what about players who don't feel comfortable specifically with with traveling and uh, the answer, this is from Andy Pazder. Do you know this guy, yeah. Mark? Yeah, he's
2: uh, kind of one of J, uh, Commissioner Monaghan's lieutenants.
1: Okay, so he, he, gave this, he gave this answer, and he said, that's a question I think you need to direct to individual players. My only experience with anything like this, I guess, would be the first few tournaments following 9-11. We had, uh, we had players that were uneasy about air travel. That's one of the beauties about being a PGA Tour member. You're an independent contractor. You're not required to be at any PGA Tour event. Which is true, but it, it kind of, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that I, I, I feel like it, you kind of want it both ways, right? Like, are they an independent contractor when you're splashing them all over your promotions for like all of these tournaments? And look, like I, I get it, but I, I do think that there is some, there's going to be a ton of gray area here, not just for the PGA Tour and the way it handles its players, but also um just for our culture as a whole. I mean, we're about to enter this, this period of time where I think the emotion of entering back into whatever our new life looks like is, it, it is gonna be far higher than than shutting it down. And it's already been high, you know, politically and culturally and societally. And I think it's gonna be even higher once we try to enter back in and you've got all these different states doing different things, not to mention countries doing different things and meshing all of that together Man, I I don't know. It's going to be hard to thread that needle, and so I don't I don't envy the PGA Tour or any organization that's trying to the, to do that because it's going to be very difficult.
0: That's Oliver in the background barking, who must agree with your point, Kyle. Um, <laughs> so, Mark, uh, let's let's put a bow on it like this. Um, you can you can you can always have a knack for making the uh, the romantic, hopeful side of this. We are <laughs> as of right now, we are six weeks away. Something mm-hmm. like that, maybe a little bit longer. Getting golf back, if the, if this schedule holds, um, feels good to have hope. I'm I'm cool with hope for a while.
2: <laughs> there, there certainly is. I mean, I was on a call with a few of my colleagues um, from the network. You know, looking forward to and 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 the news hadn't been released yet, and there was rumor about this new schedule, um, you know, being released. And we would just got together on a Zoom call in the evening and just kind of shared sundowners and just stories from what was going on and. And, and we were pitched the idea of uh, there's a potential for a mid-June start at Colonial. And, and everyone, of course, with it being a CBS event, was very excited. Um, and Colonial, there's so much history there, and it's such a great golf course. And then from there to go to down to the low country in South Carolina, which for me, this event's going to be very, very different because it's ordinarily the week after the Masters. And the guys who show up there are in like super chill, relaxed mode. You find very few dudes hitting balls on the range. Everyone's got the fishing rods out and they're out there on the sound on the boats. And it's kind of just a decompress week. I feel like at two spectacular venues to start off this new season, if it happens, uh, there's just going to be a real different mood, and, and, and they two of the tours, long-standing long events, mainstays and, and, and different golf courses It's not kind of the bum- and gouge thing. So from my point of view, that's going to be very exciting. And then as you start to get into the meat of the schedule, you know, when you start going, Memorial, then Minnesota, and then you get World Golf Championships event, PGA, Wyndham it, it's, it starts coming thick and fast. So uh, I'm crossing my fingers. That this all goes ahead because it's going to Kyle's holding thumbs now. <laughs> We're all confused. It's it's going to be great if this happens, and even if there are no spectators, I think I, I I know that 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 the network putting on these events for television are going to do just a sensational job, and folks are going to be glued to the TV, and the ratings are probably going to be off the charts.
3: Uh, so one thing, uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle, I'll let you I'll let you go first.
1: I was going to say go around the room, do we have do we have golf on June 11?
3: I'm going to I'm going to say uh, unfortunately, only because of what's going on in Toronto, I'm going to say no.
2: But doesn't but Toronto is not in the question. Wait, what's going uh, on in well, Toronto? Well, I
3: understand that. In, so in Toronto, the RBC Canadian Open's canceled because Toronto has banned all their they they've extended all these things out to the end of June. Uh, and I, I have a it's a little bit interesting to me, and I wonder if if you can, if one place is banned for a certain number of time. If L.A. bans all large gatherings until 2021, just because you're in uh, in Dallas or in South Carolina or somewhere else, are you still okay to host an event? I think it's a big question that that uh, the PGA Tour is going to have, and I don't think that it's a favorable answer. Sadly, well, and
1: that and that's sort of my point from earlier. So the headline, the 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 top headline on NewYorkTimes.com right now is, Trump tells governors to call your own shots on when to reopen, and that sort of speaks to my point earlier of like, everybody's going to be in a different place with this. I'm I agree with Greg. I, I say I say no golf on June 11.
2: Um, to me, then you listen to Governor Greg Abbott, who was leading the charge for Texas reopening and opening up for business because you know, Texas is such a large economy. I think from that point of view, there'll be all sorts of lobbying for golf to go ahead in Fort Worth, Texas, you know, one of the great cities in the union. So uh, is it logical right now? No, but, but I get a sense, you know, just beyond PGA tour of golf, that there's a, there's a different hope with a country now. If you'd caught me two weeks ago, I would have said no chance. But but now it just seems that there's a different mood, and so from that point of view, what we're in the middle of April right now, that's a month to the middle of the May. I think you call it six weeks, Greg, uh, Rick. Um, I, I think I think it's it's happening.
0: I w- would the tour let it happen where they play Texas because I, I I think that I think that starting in Fort Worth, uh, with the way that that Texas is trying to get back get things back and running. I think they might run into more friction other places. Now, would the tour let you play in Fort Worth and then cancel the next two events or something like that? I don't know. They might just say, you know what? We're not going to start. We're not going to start and stop this whole time. So I will say, yes, there's golf in Texas right. on June, whatever that is, 11. So
3: uh, assuming you're right, you and, and you guys are right, and you and Mark, I hope you are. But the the big question, the million dollar question that I was smiling about earlier, which, Jacob, I'm a little disappointed this isn't in your big questions list. What does this all mean for uh, one and done? Yeah. <laughs> that is a
0: good question um, <laughs> i guess the, well, i guess the standings are scrapped we'll, we'll have to destroy them and never look at them again yeah you, you, a hate, great you idea. hate to I see it that you motion. hate to see it
2: right <laughs> <laughs> i second that motion hey rick if that's a motion i second let, let, let's vote.
0: Yeah. You, guys, uh, you guys might be outnumbered on this one well yes
2: yes yes, the five hundred thousand dollar question why, if the tour didn't think this was going to go ahead, and they've obviously had all sorts of task forces and meetings on the go, why would they throw this just, you know, carry it out to the 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 sporting public and say, "Oh, yes, our proposed schedule. It might go. It might go ahead." And then all of a sudden, they pull the plug. You know, they're saying all the right things right now, and they wouldn't they wouldn't pitch this new schedule if there wasn't a pretty good chance it was going to go ahead. Well, I mean, they
1: were also the last one of the last organizations to shut down. And I think that, you know, a lot of people have brought this up. I think Shackleford had it of like the other part of this is not, and not to belabor this. I know Rick was trying to get us out of here like 20 minutes ago, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, not to belabor it, but like the optics of it, is it going to, you know, if if certain States are still shut down and you're like trying to play golf, but not really, I, I don't, it could turn into in the same way the players championship did, it could turn into a PR issue that just raises more problems than it, than it's worth, you know? And so I don't know. I, I, I think the whole thing, I mean, nobody knows what it's going to look like in six weeks. So we're all, everybody's just guessing. Um, but I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be fascinating to, to see it unfold.
0: Well, we'll be back uh, next week to talk about the new, new PGA schedule. As of, <laughs> yeah.
2: um, Touche, my friend.
0: Before we get out of here, there are there is some golf to watch. CBS re-airing old PGA Tour final rounds, and this weekend, it's the Heritage. So 2016 final round is going to be airing Saturday, April 18th from 3 to 6 p.m. I can't believe it's April 18th already. That, that sounded weird saying that. Uh, and then the 2015 final round on Sunday, which is the 19th from 3 to 6 p.m. I'm assuming those are Eastern time. And Jacob is giving me a head shake. Yes, they are. Um, and additionally, Kyle Porter, do you have an Amazon Alexa or a Google Home in that room right there? No, I've been I've been wanting one for a while, though. I was going to see if I could get it to play the first cut, because if you say, hey, Alexa, or through your Google home, if you ask it to play the first cut golf podcast, you know what it'll do, Kyle, it'll play your voice any episode you want. That's just what my wife wants more of is my voice. It's unbelievable. That's Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. Thank you to Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman. Thanks to Greg Ducharme at The Real GFD. I'm Rick Gaiman. See you next time.